You're listening to another episode of the Just Go Bike Podcast. That's AKA Murph. And that's AP. And this is the podcast where we talk about cycling just for the fun of it. With tales from all over the nation, come for the bikes, stay for the fun, and leave with a smile. Uh, hey, Murph, how's it going? Hey, it's going great. How are you doing, AP? I'm fantastic. Well, say, I think the last time I talked to you, you were in Texas, but where are you now? I know. It's crazy to think this, but I am back home in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Woo! I know. Basically, Congratulations. Yeah, I, it's hard to, I, it still hasn't really sunk in, but I rode my bike across the entire United States. Ermagerd, that is huge. It is huge. It is, it's, I don't know. It's just, it's hard to, um, it's really hard to put into words, but I guess since we're on a podcast, we probably should, <laughs> I should probably figure out how to put it into words, right? Yeah. Well, let's get back to that later. I'll give you a little, couple more minutes to think about it. Okay. I wanted to go back into our actual intro and talk about the Rag by 101 hotline because yeah. we've opened that back up. Yeah. We talked about it on the last podcast and we have gotten quite a few questions and messages and comments, you know, from actually from people who already ride Ragbri that thought, you know, I think a newbie would want to know this. So we've, yeah. we've got a lot going on. Yeah. And just to recap really briefly, the Ragbri 101 hotline is a place where you can call and leave us a voicemail with your questions about what it's like to rag Ragbri, how should you prepare for Ragbri, really anything about Ragbri that you have a question about. Mm-hmm. Or, as you said, if you are a Ragbri expert, we will also take your advice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And those podcasts, you know, we're still going to do our regular podcast each week. And then the Ragbri 101 will be a much shorter segment, you know, maybe 15 minutes or less. And it will be sprinkled in. So pretty yeah. quickly here, we'll probably start it uh, the first week of June. So we'll have... Um, s- several months of Ragbri 101. So we've got plenty of time and keep those questions coming. Yeah, we love to hear from you. And as someone who's ridden Ragbri for many a year, sometimes I can't think of all the questions that a newbie would want to know. So mm-hmm. I want to hear your opinion. I want to hear your thoughts. And what the heck are you wondering about as you prepare for Ragbri? Yeah, I think back to last year, I thought one of the most interesting questions um, a woman called in and left a voicemail and said, you know, I want to know if every single town is going to have free water when you, as you leave Mm -hmm. town. And it's something I've never thought of that, you know, a lot of the towns will rig up, you know, they'll, they'll open up a fire hydrant and they'll have like kind of a homemade system where it's a pole with holes in it and everybody can walk up and fill their water bottles, but it's not something that's required of each community. So it was just an interesting question. And um, I guess, you know, if you want to know the answer, you'll have to look back at our Ragbri 101 (laughs) from last year, but it was really, it was a good question because it's something uh, for me and you who've done Ragbri so many times, I didn't even think about it. Yeah. you. Oh, I just go look for the PVC pipe or yeah. what have you. But, you know, it's there's no question where you should say, oh, at this point, I'm too afraid to ask or yeah. that's a stupid question. I don't want to ask it. Look, people ask us if they should wear underwear or not. <laughs> there's no <laughs> t- question too stupid. Right, right. <laughs> and that is not a stupid question either. But I'm just saying. Right. No right. topic is off bounds. Okay, so, so if you want to leave a message. Yeah, I was just going to say, should. let's tell them how. All right. You can call us at 515 
and you will be leaving a voicemail. So there's not somebody real answering the phone. It's basically just a voicemail that will give you instructions on how to leave a message. And they can also email us, right, Andrea? Exactly. And you can email us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. So the name of the podcast at gmail.com. Easy enough. Yep. And we love to hear from you. Even if you just want to drop us a line and say hi. Murph and I check the inbox. We'll respond to you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's fun. So definitely. Yep, so 515-303-0385. Give us a ring and leave us a message. Awesome. Okay. On to this week's episode. Yeah. And I kind of got started on it early where we were in the introduction, but I'm going to talk, ask you all these questions about the end of your trip because we talked about the first two thirds of your trip. Yeah. And now I want to find out all about the end. Okay. Well, um, first question, you're back in Cedar Rapids. Yeah. Are your plants all alive? (laughs) (laughs) I know you have an extensive house plant collection. I do. Yes. So my very favorite, a group of plants I shipped off to a friend and they mm. lived at her house for the entire time I was gone. And I have not asked her if they're alive, but I feel like <laughs> she would have told me if they didn't make it. So, so those are hopefully thriving. And then I had uh, quite a few that I left here at home, but I've had people coming in and out and they, they don't look as healthy as they did in March, but mm. no one died. So that All is right. good. And I spent some significant time yesterday, you know, checking them out, saying hello, telling them, yeah. them that I'm back. <laughs> so hopefully they'll be green and thriving again soon. Oh, I'm sure they will be. All yes. right. Well, I had to check on that. So, <laughs> all right. So you biked across the U.S. Give us a, just a really quick reminder about why you did it. How long did it take and who are you riding with? Yes. Okay. So uh, we did it to support the Alzheimer's Association. We have uh, direct connections to Alzheimer's as far as family members. And Mm -hmm. we were doing bike ride across America as kind of a bucket list item, but then also taking the time to meet with Alzheimer's chapters to uh, we had jerseys and T-shirts that said we were part of an Alzheimer's team, which meant you know, people, random people would walk up to us and tell us their story about Alzheimer's and then also give us money. So that Mm. part was awesome. And we, the group, there were three of us that did every single mile. And uh, it was kind of a, a, uh, something that Jenny Lorenz started because her mom is basically in hospice right now with Mm. Alzheimer's. So it was her, her dream. She invited us. And so me and Uh, Todd Brown said, yes, we'll do it. And then throughout the trip, we had people coming and going based on their work schedules. So Mm. as we hit the ocean uh, on day 64, there were six of us that got to dip our tires. And um, Jenny had secretly, well, not secretly, because I knew she did it too, but had (laughs) bought um, these huge, like uh, five bottles of champagne. And so as we hit... Uh, the water, took our pictures, then we shook up some champagne and squirted it all over. So that part was fun. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Uh, but we, um, I mean, 
to date, we, we've raised over $32,000 that went wow. directly to the Alzheimer's Association. And we're having like a wrap-up party May 24th here in Cedar Rapids. And we're hoping to, you know, get a little bit more money in that pot. So, um, you know, and Alzheimer's is such a huge organization. $32,000 probably isn't going to like, you know, be life-changing for somebody who's suffering. But we're very hopeful that it goes to something that will, you know, bring... I don't know, either attention or go to research or something that will help the Alzheimer's Association. I mean, that's no small amount of money. I'm sure it'll help them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then a few stats for you. We had uh, almost 100,000 feet of elevation gain, which is mind-blowing. That's like pedaling to the top of Mount Everest three times. Three times. (laughs) Crazy, yeah. And then uh, we ended up uh, 3,080 miles of pedaling. Um, Guess how many rain days we had? Mm, Zero? Well, technically one that we got rained on, but you're right. Zero days. We never... We had to ride in the rain one day, which, none, you know, we all had the gear. We weren't afraid of riding in the rain, but it ended mm. up lit thunder and lightning. So we had to oh. pull the plug on that day. But the other days that it rained, we were able to get our bike ride started early or started late. And so wow. we had zero rain days. Pretty crazy. That's that's like a unicorn. <laughs> it never happens. Yeah, I know. So we're very thankful for that. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah. Um Okay, so I've asked you this question a couple times throughout the podcast while you've been riding, but I want to ask you one last time. Uh, was there anything that surprised you about the trip? Was it easier than expected, or was there anything that was harder than expected? Yeah, um, I, something that I really, really enjoyed was meeting the people along the route. You know, mm. I it's... I guess I never really thought it through, but every time you told somebody that we were riding our bikes to raise money for Alzheimer's, everyone really had a heartfelt story to tell us, whether it was a direct family member or a relative or, you know, a friend of a friend, like everyone has a story that they are willing to share. And that was really kind of unexpected, I guess, because, you know, I I knew that we would meet a lot of people, but gosh, we're, you know, we're sitting at a coffee shop and we are all wearing the same Jersey, which are purple. And some woman walked over and said, you know, what's, what's the reason that you're all wearing the same Jersey? Uh, They were from England and we were actually at uh, wherever the fountain of youth is, which uh, spoiler (laughs) alert it does not work. So oh, I know I'm not going to be 25 forever. But anyways, I you looked a lot younger when I saw you the other day. <laughs> you did compliment my, me on my skin, but see, uh, yeah, it, it worked a little. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah. this so this couple walked up and they're from England. And the reason that they're in the United States is because this woman's mother had just died like three days oh. earlier from Alzheimer's. And she was back yeah. in the States to kind of deal with everything that goes along with a parent passing away. So it was, you know, they end up spending like an hour sitting with us and kind of telling her story. And I, it was just, I don't know, things like that are just mind blowing to me. Yeah. It just seems like having someone with Alzheimer's or dementia is such a life altering event. Yeah. Especially even if it's not you that has the disease that having that, the shared stories and the commiseration really helps or at least I imagine it would yeah it yeah I think so I think that she walked away from that 
uh, us, you know, all sitting and talking, you know, feeling better. She was kind of, you know, ready to get on with whatever happens next with her family. So that part was good. But as far as like, you know, we, we averaged between 50 and 60 miles per day. And I was surprised that it was not as strenuous as I thought it would be. You know what Mm. I mean? Like 50 miles isn't a ton, but when you do it every single day, but I think um, I've got to give a shout out to my team that I was biking with because if it was windy or hilly, uh, they were very accommodating with, you know, Murph, you need to get behind so-and-so because he's got really broad shoulders and he'll block the wind. Or um, when we're going up hills, we would kind of tone back uh, the power that we were putting forth on our pedals so that, you know, because you can't go all out because you still have 60 more days to go or, you know, however far along we are in the trip. Um, And I I didn't point out, but I should, but everyone I was biking with were like uber endurance athletes. Like (laughs) they've all done Ironman triathlons. They've all like done epic, crazy marathons, you know, endurance rides. And here's me, I'm recreational (laughs) rider. You know, I, I still ride my bike a lot, but I don't have the mindset that when I get on my bike, I'm racing. When I get on my bike, I'm just going to have fun. And I may, you know, ride a hundred mile century ride, but there's no, I don't have that competitive nature in me. So it was funny. There were days when I'd be like, you guys, seriously, (laughs) recreational ride. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, we're not doing this for fun, but we're kind of doing this for fun. So, like, yeah. you know, we're not timing it. <laughs> right. Yeah, there's no timing chips on this. There will be no <laughs> podiums. And and it was very clear going into it. Like, I would have not gone on this trip had, if everyone would have said, we want to try and get across the United States as fast as possible because that's just not in my nature. So, yeah. it was, I made it clear and the team made it clear back that, you know, we are making this a recreational ride. We yeah. want we want people from the community if they want to bike with us, they can. And that happened many times, which was also that's pretty cool. cool. Yeah. Um and all that being said, you're still going to kick my butt the next time we bike together. <laughs> 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 so I have like a tenth of your miles. <laughs> if that. <laughs> so, All right. So let's see. I guess I wanted to ask you earlier in the podcast or a previous podcast, I asked you about breaking in your brand new bike on the trip. So that's not really brand new anymore. But how did it hold up after 3000 plus miles? It was amazing. So Kona is what I have. And it performed beautifully up until the very end. Um, We had quite a few tire punctures and uh, Mm. that's a little bit different than a flat tire because we're set up on tubeless, which means there's no inner tube in the tire and there's fluid in there. So when you run over like a nail or a sharp piece of something, typically that fluid will fill the hole and somehow Mm -hmm. magically it goes back to a solid tire And then you don't have to change it, which you couldn't anyway, if you don't have a tube in it. Um, (laughs) So we had, I'm not going to say hundreds of punctures, but I would guess between all of us, probably close to 50 tire punctures. And sometimes the punctures got too big that you had to put, um, it's very similar to a plug on a tire, a car tire, Mm. where it's kind of sticky and it's, I don't, it looks like a toothpick, but it's really sticky and you mm. jam it into the hole, and as uh, you ride, then that fluid 
seals around what you've jammed into the hole and mm. it prevents it from going flat. It's, it's, I don't know. It's kind of magic. That's bananas. I think I might have to try that kind of tires now. Yeah. You've sold me. I would I highly tires. recommend. I mean, who, who likes it? I know. And so. that, that fluid is amazing. I don't, I don't know how it works because it's liquid and then somehow it's solid. And I'm sure someone listening right now is going, well, duh, it's science. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> but yeah. be, besides that, uh, bike worked beautifully. It's going in for a uh, well-earned service appointment next week, but it's mostly just to find out, you know, after 3,100 miles, um, I'm sure some things are worn out that need to be replaced. Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, I'll be interested. We're biking together this weekend, so I'm looking forward to seeing which bike you decide to bring. Oh, I'm so. bringing that bike. Oh, I, you are. <laughs> I have a very close relationship with that bike. And I thought, let's ride it until I have to get into my service appointment. It's already filthy. It already, you know, <laughs> we know each other inside and out. So I'm bringing it. <laughs> all, all your other bikes at your place are giving you the puppy dog look like, excuse me. <laughs> what about me? <laughs> yeah. I'll, I'll have their time. Yeah. But all right. So then I've seen multiple, multiple posts on your Instagram about how we didn't see any gators. We didn't see any gators. Did you ever end up seeing any gators on your trip? <sighs> Man. Okay, so we did Google this. There are about 1.3 million alligators in the state of Florida. Wow. Where are they? <laughs> <laughs> we saw two dead alligators on the side oh. of the road that did not make it across the road. We saw two live alligators that were you know, minding their own business, swimming in a little uh, pond or lake. Uh, they did not come close to us. And then we ate multiple alligators oh. via, well, I didn't because I don't eat that kind of stuff. But um, I think they're called gator bites. So it's kind of like mm -hmm. an appetizer. So, and everyone says it tastes like chicken, but I feel like everyone says that about any meat <laughs> That's unique. Yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. So two live gators the entire trip. Oh my gosh. And that's crazy because for those of you who don't know, Murph biked across the Southern U S I mean, <laughs> all the different like deep South States, there are gators there. <laughs> yeah, I know. So we were on a, a bike trail. The route took us on a trail through um, rural Florida. And what was interesting is we didn't realize there was like, hilly forest areas in Florida. So we're mm. on this trail. It's super steep and hilly. And it's, you know, it almost felt like a jungle kind of. And then we um, saw that there was kind of a, a side trail that took you to look over this beautiful area. And we were way up high. Anyway, the point of that story was there were two women that were, you know, on e-bikes and they had like a bottle of wine in their basket. So they were probably mm -hmm. just, you know, on a leisure ride going to have some fun. And they stopped to talk to us. They gave us some great recommendations on where we should eat that evening. And uh, they both had uh, connections to Iowa. Both of their oh. spouses, like one was from Kansas and one was from Wisconsin. And then we said, oh, we're from Iowa. And they said, oh, have you ever done Ragbri? And we're like, <laughs> oh, my God. So, oh, so my God. we all became fast friends. But then they said, if you go backwards about a mile and a half, there is a three-legged alligator that's super tame, which I don't know if I could really I trust that. No. And it I can't remember the alligator's name. Everyone like missed something. So a lot of people will go and you know find that alligator and photograph, but we 
we were going the opposite way. So we missed out, but yeah. that could have been our third chance at a live alligator. Oh, so close, but yet so far. I know. Well, okay. So I want to ask you about one other Instagram post that I saw where you visited a crawfish farm and tell me what the heck is a crawfish farm. Okay. So it's actually miles and miles and miles of crawfish farms. Wow. It was crazy. And um, it did kind of smell fishy as you were pedaling through there. <laughs> but what it looks like is a really shallow uh, body of water. So think of like a soybean field or a, or a cornfield. Same size, right? It's acres and acres, but it's water with um, like little stems of something leafy coming out of it. And I believe that they told us it was rice fields. Oh, yeah. Okay. Within the rice fields, there are hundreds of little teeny, um, they almost look like straws. So Mm. really big straws sticking up and they all had colors and we did see one guy pulling them up, and what they are is a cage. And so oh. within that cage, they put bait in it, kind of like, you know, if you're getting shrimp or lobster or whatever. So oh. they must put those cages into the rice field, and then the crawfish, I don't know if they're eating the, I don't know what they're doing, but they are <laughs> jumping in those cages and wow. going into somebody's crawfish boil. That's crazy. And those that's in Louisiana? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I associate crawfish with. Yeah. But it was like miles and miles and miles of them. It was crazy. Yeah. So I mean, what a different crop. That's a crop you'll never see in Iowa. Exactly. Yeah. (laughs) That's so cool. Yeah. To see. Um, All right. So now let's move off of the animal life. Okay. uh, Away from the animal life, away from the bike. Tell us about some of the interesting or fascinating people that you met on this last third of your journey. Okay. Well, the most memorable guy that we met was Jack, who was from the UK. And if he's listening right now, hello, Jack. He, um, I'm hoping to have him on the Murphology podcast because his story is amazing. It was one of those deals where he somehow had a couple months off of work scheduled, right? And Mm -hmm. so he's at a restaurant in the UK somewhere and somebody randomly mentions about there's an opportunity to ride your bike across the United States. And he goes, what? And so he Googled it, found out that Adventure Cycling, who is who we used, offers up maps. And so he immediately was like, I'm going to ride my bike. I'm going to go to the United States and I'm going to ride my bike. Whoa. Um, except he didn't have a bike. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't own a bike. He wasn't a biker. <laughs> So, yeah, so I don't know, you know, and I'm curious how that conversation went with his wife. Like, yeah, I'm going (laughs) to, I'm just going to go to the United States and ride my bike. But anyway, so um, he literally did that. He bought a bike and rode it for a couple weeks and was like, yep, cool. And uh, shipped it over to the United States and he was fully self-contained. So not only was he enjoying his first bike ride in the United States, he was doing it with like 40 pounds of gear on his bike. So we ran into him, um, I don't know, maybe half a day away from the Louisiana, welcome to Louisiana sign. And so, and he was with a buddy, Jeff, 
um, and I cannot remember. Jeff, I think, was from Washington, D.C. And so mm. we rode with them to the Louisiana sign. So we got some pictures taken and, oh, um, cool. you know, went and had a drink with them. And then we saw them, you know, kind of like leapfrogging. The next day we saw them a couple times. And and mm-hmm. then we each went our own way. Um, he was biking more than 50 miles a day. So he got way ahead mm. of us. But mm. the best part was... He got to the ocean. He's done. He decides to hang out in the St. Augustine area and kind of explore Florida. And he was still there when we came to the oh, end. Oh, cool. So he rejoined us, and he actually ended up staying with us in our RV and went out for dinner with us and then Aww. took photos and did the whole deal at the end. So um, I think we've made a friend for life with Jack from the UK. Oh, how cool. Jack, you're crazy, and I like that. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I should, I didn't ask him if he would ever do another bike ride, but I don't know. He, he was, him, his wife was flying to the United States and they were going to some sort of music festival. So uh, he was, he was pretty excited about the next segment in his trip in the U.S. So it was pretty cool. Wow. Now that is a fascinating person. Yes. Yeah. And and the other, uh, two other people worth mentioning would be Jan and Marshall Cohen. And Mm. we, got connected to them through Party Pat, Mr. Pat Mabin from Primal. (laughs) And Jan and Marshall Cohen have a really strong um, connection with Alzheimer's Foundation. They have their own Mm. bike ride they put on um, in the Texas area, Houston area. So they are very passionate about Alzheimer's Association and figuring out how to benefit the Alzheimer's Association. So we kind of started connecting with them through texts and phone calls and they're in Houston. And so they said, when you guys get close to the area, you know, maybe we'll come bike ride with you. And so they, they always were asking us where we were going to be. And they secretly got us hotel rooms in LaGrange, Texas. And so we were treated to a real bed and shot, you know, real showers and, Had a great dinner in LaGrange. And if you don't know about LaGrange, there's actually a ZZ Top song about it. Oh, there is. I know it's a good song. Yes, it is a good song. Lots of history in LaGrange, Texas. So (laughs) that was awesome. And then a couple days later, they actually drove to our RV, brought us dinner, brought us gifts. And I think those guys are also lifelong friends. Just really Um, neat people. They're awesome people. And um, yeah, definitely go look up their bike ride and yeah, all about them. So the bike ride that I was referring to, they just finished it. So it is actually a bicycle ride in Washington, D.C., and it's sponsored by the Alzheimer's Association. So I don't recall the exact name of it, but if you look up Alzheimer Bike Ride Washington, D.C., um, you'll see it was pretty cool and it will definitely be on my list for rides next year, since I don't think I'll be riding across the United States again. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't rule anything out, but... (laughs) You're right, you're right. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that sounds like a blast. And I'd also like to say, Pat, if you're listening, hey, babe, what's up? (laughs) Yeah, hey, babe, looking good. (laughs) All right, so um, kind of along with that on your favorites list, what was one of your favorite, or two of your favorite landmarks or landscapes as you rode through the end of your journey? Mm. Every day was there were really cool things to see as far as landscape like it, I it's I'm still like 
in awe at how the landscape changed as we went across the mm. United States and how there's a little bit of everything. But man, when we were in Mississippi, we were able, the bike route followed the Gulf for a long oh. time. And we're talking beautiful white sand, beaches, you know, like oh. the different types of um, birds and people fishing and sitting on the beach. It was just like, I don't know, it made your uh, brain kind of slow down. It was just really, yeah. really beautiful. That's cool. And it's something that if you were driving by, you wouldn't really be able to take in in the same way. Yeah, even like the smell, the smell of the, you know, Ooh. the gulf and the sand. That was cool. I love that. And then earlier when we asked you that question on the first version of this, you were talking about a desert. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny how different it is. Yeah, yeah. And uh, another really cool, I guess, I don't know if it landmark is the right word, but we were able or we part of the route was to take a ferry. So mm. we got to what's called Dauphin Island. Sounds oh. like dolphin, but it's dolphin. Mm. Although they have dolphins as, you know, s sculptures and statues everywhere. But anyway, that's in Alabama. And so we took a ferry, about a 45 minute ferry from Dolphin Island across a body of water to get to the other side. And that was cool because then again, you're seeing things that you wouldn't see in a car. Yeah. And there were, um, I don't know, a gazillion's not the right word, but there are lots and lots of the huge oil rig things that, oh. you know, where you work and I don't know what happens with the oil. We were actually <laughs> trying to figure it out. Like, does the oil, is it underground in pipes? Is a, does a helicopter mm. come pick it up? Does a boat come? We don't know. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a helicopter. <laughs> <laughs> a helicopter with a little teeny thing with oil in it. Anyway, yeah. so that that was that was also pretty cool. Um, yeah. Yeah. Huh. Okay. So now piggybacking on the favorites theme, I guess I kind of got in a run here when I brought up these questions. But okay. um, did you have any favorite stops? And I'm talking like towns or businesses or anything you'd like to call out specifically, maybe more man-made structures or towns. Okay, so of course, New Orleans, I, my mm -hmm. first time there. So there was just so much to see um, what a spectacle above ground cemeteries are. Like it's yeah. just, I mean, and they're so close together on top of each other. I, that was really a sight to see. And then, of course, we ended up in New Orleans during Jazz Fest. Yeah. So we we had a scheduled day off and it happened to be the same day as Jazz Fest. So we wow. ended up not really resting and went to see The Who in concert, wow. which was mind blowing. <laughs> and that was everything about New Orleans was was really cool. I, I need That's to go so back neat. there when we're not on bikes. But we did meet a couple. We're at a restaurant. They overheard us talking about biking and they wanted to know our story. Yeah. And, you know, they they were the Gonsolins, I believe was their last name. And so we said goodbye to them. We're outside unlocking our bikes to go on to our next journey. The husband comes out and says, hey, when you get to Pensacola, we would like to host you at the Pensacola Yacht Club. Whoa. And we're like, what? So yeah. <laughs> so fast forward to Pensacola, we got to go to the Pensacola Yacht Club and wow. uh, had a great meal and got to meet all kinds of people. And I drank wine with my pinky out. <laughs> Oh, yes. How classy. <laughs> I love it. Also, and also while I'm on the uh, talking about Pensacola, we also were lucky enough to see the Blue Angels practicing. Oh. So they were doing their flyovers. Mm. And so you would hear them before you could see them, you know, like 
the sound of I think it's is it five or six? I can't remember how many jets there are, but mm. they're in complete super tight formation, zooming around across the sky. And wow. we would see them through the trees. And I don't think any of us were fast enough to actually document, you know, with a photograph. <laughs> yeah. And, and then when we got to an opening where it was all sky, that's when we saw them landing. <laughs> so, <Wow. laughs> but it was pretty cool. The Pensacola Naval Air Station is there. And that was quite a treat. That's super cool. I know. It's funny to think of them practicing like as if they would mess up in any way. <laughs> right. I know. Like practice probably isn't the right word because. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you got to you got to run through it a couple times. So <laughs> you're right. You're right. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. I remember my trip to Florida recently was crazy how there's just that Spanish moss everywhere. Yes. All the trees are just like coated in cobwebs. And that's just the way trees look there. And I get that. I did it's Google crazy. it. I Googled it and it was specifically said that that moss is not damaging the tree at all. Hmm. Okay. Well, that's good to know because it's really everywhere. Yes, I know. It's very, it's yeah. almost like a horror movie. You know, like I think yeah. if I was there at dusk, I would be a little bit creeped out. Ooh, yeah. Like a, take a Halloween trip. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, okay. So you already kind of touched on this, but I'm just going to ask you again in case there's anything you forgot to say. Mm. Uh, what was it like to roll up to the Atlantic Ocean at long last after 64 days? Oh my gosh. It was amazing. And we, you know, found this like kind of a weird tiny path to get to the ocean because a lot of oceanfront is privately owned. So oh, you can't yeah. always get to it. So we found this little path, which was deep, deep sand. So right away, you know, we're full of sand in our shoes and we like, get to the get to the actual ocean and then just to dip your tire and kind of take a deep breath and be like wow I did it yeah so it was yeah. it was pretty emotional lots of hugging and you know, yeah photos and jumping around and and it was funny <laughs> we had our tires dipped and we're getting a photo shoot and the water came in we thought we were far enough away came in like up to our ankles. So then we all got our shoes wet plus Sandy, uh, but who cares at that point? Yeah. At that point, you don't need the bike shoes anymore. You could throw them in the ocean. You'd be all right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I love that the tradition of tire dipping is the same as on Ragbri. Yes. Yeah. It, you go coast to coast. Yes. It's amazing. And then, you know, I follow some, um, Facebook groups of other, you know, of people who do the exact same route. And it was interesting mm. how many people, did the same thing on the same day, but yet we didn't see them. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a big coast, so, yeah, you yeah. know, you never know. But, um, and we were, okay, so we get done dipping our tires, and then we had a planned event with the Alzheimer chapter of the area. And so we were riding our bikes to the restaurant where they were meeting us, and mm. we're going through this parking lot, and literally someone was like, hey, Murph. And I look over, and it's my cousin, David Bilstein. Oh, no way. <laughs> who went to school, you know, who's from Iowa, and he lives a couple hours away. And so he saw on Facebook that I was coming in, and him oh. and his girlfriend decided to come meet. But I oh, was, cool. I saw him, and I'm like, what? Wait a minute. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, I'm coming to join you. I'm like, oh, sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I bet it seemed like it wasn't even real at that point it, after all that. You're right. You are exactly yeah. right. Oh, how cool. All right. So awesome journey. Congratulations on a major life accomplishment. Yes. I mean, that is just major. And the amount of money you raised for Alzheimer's is uh, incredible. Agreed. So just real quick, tell me what's next for morphology. Oh, man, this summer, I am like booked solid. 
uh, with different bike rides. So I'm excited that I still want to ride my bike after being on yeah. it for 3,100 miles. But yeah, so first up, um, if you're listening to this podcast today, then um, this is true that Andrea and I will be together tomorrow doing the pigtails ride. Yay! And if you're listening to this podcast after it's already aired, then we'll tell you we already did it. We did the pigtails yeah. ride. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm so glad that you want to bike with me after all that biking. Yes, so, I'm excited. Yeah. yeah. And then after that, um, I've got, we're doing a kind of a test run of biking across the state of Iowa. And then I'm going to be in Colorado to check out Ride the Rockies. Mm, and yeah. then before you know it, Ragbri's here. And they'll be right around the corner. I, I'm not even going to look at how many days are left till Ragbri because uh, yeah. I don't want to know. <laughs> I know, yeah. And then this fall, I've got quite a few rides scheduled too. And one of them is a gravel. It, it's called a race. But again, you already know I don't you know, do things as races. But I'm pretty excited to see if my new bike is going to handle well in gravel. Ooh, yeah. I bet it will. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, Murph, thank you for sharing all these amazing stories with us. It's been a delight to hear about all your different adventures across these last couple months. Yes. It's just, it's fun to live vicariously through your many experiences. <laughs> Thanks. And hopefully yeah. uh, everyone has enjoyed listening. Yeah. So we'll be back next week with more Tales from the Trails, although maybe not quite as grand and epic as this one, but <laughs> we'll be back to it next week and we'll talk to you then. Sounds good. Well, listeners, that is it for this week. We both want to thank you for tuning in to listen to the Just Go Bike podcast. And if you'd like to contact us with a comment about the podcast, or maybe you have a topic in mind, you can reach us at justgobikepodcast at gmail.com. Or you can also follow us on social media at Just Go Bike on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Please rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast, especially if you're a fan. And if you have any extra time, pop on over to the Morphology Podcast for more bike adventure interviews. All right, that's a wrap. We'll be back next week. Until then, just go bike! bike.